You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. Today on the Zabecast, football Santa has come, and all the little boys and girls in Roger Goodell's neighborhood are excited about the toys that Draft Santa has brought. Andy Poland joins me to talk about why this thing is the perfect marketing date rate drug of all time. We also talk about the NIL meltdown happening in college. Plus, who is Jack Harlow? How can baseball suspend Trevor Bauer for two years and a roving band of Fitzpatricks? Your bonus, uncensored, extra 30 minutes of me is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Monday, May 2nd, 2022. Thank you for downloading. Here we go for the week that is. Before I get into the NFL draft with Andy Poland, and if you are here to listen to my takes on the incredible game one upset of the Celtics by the Milwaukee Bucks, you're in the wrong place. This podcast is a supplemental 30 minutes of me. It is not my main gig. Of course, you can always tune in to 97.3 The Game on the iHeart app out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'll have plenty to say about it there, including an in-depth take on what the Packers did and what Brian Gutekunst did with their draft selections. I know if you're like, well, I thought you'd talk about it here. Can you just give me a little quick taste of it? I can't give you a quick taste. I'm fine with the draft. He took a receiver early in the second round, Christian Watson, uh, North Dakota State. He was apparently like, I don't know, Supposedly a better Marquez Valdez-Cantling who left via free agency and never really blew my socks off as a lift-the-lid wide receiver, but they say he's better. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know wild about him giving up the second second-round pick to move up to get him, but they're the ones with the draft boards. They're the ones that look at the film and can actually analyze these things. I'm a guy on the couch. I could pretend to be really into it, but as you'll hear with Andy – that's all just bullshine. That's that's what fans like to do to pretend that they know what they're talking about. So not a lot on that here today, although the Giannis alley-oop to himself was just so rude, so deliciously rude and nasty. A triple-double, and it's amazing he still has to fight for respect in this league, and that you know, the pundits want to pump up guys like Nikola Jokic, gone from the playoffs. Embiid, who unfortunately has got some injuries going on right now. But, man, Giannis is truly the Greek freak. And the Bucks with defense went into Boston and said, okay, we can play D2, watch this. Okay, enough of that. Let's move on. Before I get to uh, Andy, who is Jack Harlow? 
This came up during the game in which during a timeout, uh, the referees were looking at the Jumbotron and they were like, they were showing famous people in the crowd. They showed what looked like a rather slovenly white dude just in casual wear and they labeled him as Jack Harlow. Here is what the referees asked when they were mic'd up and they played it on the broadcast. Who's Jack Harlow? Who's Jack Harlow? I don't know it is. There's a guy over here, right here. He's in that white shirt behind you. Yeah, who is he? I don't know. Go ask him. <laughs> Scott Buster, let me help you out. Jack Harlow, one of the top rappers in the game right now. Uh, his latest song, Nail Tech. It's the second song on the playlist. Yes, uh, Mark Jones there. Yes, uh, yes, he's, uh, I love this rapper. He's great. Yes, Nail Tech is the second song on my playlist. I was like, I don't know who the fuck Jack Harlow is. I'm not up on the rap game. And I'm like, there's another white rapper. Is this now the greatest white rapper since Eminem? Jack Harlow? Well, let me take a listen. I look like I've been getting money, Harikin. You smell me, that's LV. Walk around with my chest out of my skin smooth, I'm healthy. I'm in a mix and I'm handshaking, but most of y'all can't help me. Most of y'all ain't wealthy. Most of y'all just dress like... Okay, all right, yeah, uh-huh. Tight, I, I like it, I like the rhymes. Like the smoothness of his rhyming. It's got words that, you know... Rhyme and it's about living the streets. Like what's up? I got stakes and they too hot now. I can't fuck up. I like girls that's down to earth, so don't be stuck up. Okay. Uh, this song Nail Tech, uh, 25 million views on YouTube, and it didn't debut until February 18th of this year. 25 million. Friends, I got friends that I keep close, and they let it go while I reload. Like. All right, so uh, Notorious J.A.Y. can give me the uh, skinny on uh, Jack Harlow and what his deal is. I Did he grow up in the mean streets? Is he like Eminem growing up in a bad part of Detroit, having to battle his way through one-on-one rap battles in the ghetto to get out of it? Or is he like some suburban dude who's just good at making rhymes? I, I don't know. But Scott Foster, I'm with you. I had no idea who Jack Harlow was, but now I know. Wow, baseball dropped the hammer on Trevor Bauer, didn't they? Two-year suspension without pay, and it starts now. So the previous nine months in which he was in the parking lot not losing money, although he wasn't allowed to pitch, that's now over. He is currently suspended for two years. He will appeal the suspension. Baseball did it under their domestic abuse policy. And I think there's a lot of legal analysts saying he has a good chance to stand, uh, that Bauer has a good chance to prevail in arbitration. Because I think this is going to arbitration. But, you know, obviously baseball doesn't like the picture, the image of what Bauer was doing. But there was a young woman who said, oh, no, I... I like that kind of thing. And he went and did what she said she likes. And it turned out poorly for her. She said he went too far and didn't listen to her, uh, you know, requests to not go that far. But a court of law looked at all the evidence and they said, nope, she wanted it. He gave it to her 
And that's that. Two years. I mean, wow. We'll see what happens uh, once it gets into the uh, appeal system. Nobody likes Trevor Bauer. So he is the easy guy, the perfect guy to just put on ice for a long time because who's going to give a shit? I don't even know if his teammates like him, although (laughs) they would like him striking dudes out in a big spot for them. Um, But yeah, we'll see where this one goes. Two-year suspension, 324 games. I can't remember the last time anyone got a two-year suspension. A whole year is long enough, but two years, okay. We shall see. Hey, guys, I hear that some of you like to gamble on sports. I know. It's crazy, right? What do you need in a sports book? You need one that's got solid lines, good fun futures exotics, special odds and promotions on parlays, a robust website and app, and is able to be used in all 50 states, and most importantly is one that'll pay you when you win. Uh-huh. MyBookie.com, that's the place to go. They've been with me now for five years. Are they as big or as well-known as some of the others? Of course not. Doesn't matter, though. They're rock solid. That's why I'm proud to endorse them. And I'm here to tell you right now the odds to be the first pick in the 2023 draft. Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama, plus 200. C.J. Stroud is plus 225, quarterback at Ohio State. I don't think you should bet on these guys because their chances of going down far exceed their chances of actually coming home as the 1-1 pick. Look at this year with uh, Trayvon Walker, out of nowhere, being the 1-1 pick. Anyway, go to mybookie.com, use promo code ZABE so they know I sent you and you get eligible for all kinds of promotions. Have fun, get that sweet action, bet with your head note over it, and use mybookie.com. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Time now for his entire draft recap. Everybody from the 1-1 to Mr. Irrelevant, the big board, Andy Poland. You don't don't have a full board breaking down all 256 picks, is it? No. I think it's 252, and and you'd think after working with Mel Kuyper for six years, I might have some kind of skill at this, but uh, no, it's just sort of, okay, let's see what happens in five years. Call me back. Right, so five years. I think you could tell in two or three years pretty much uh, who's Mm -hmm. any good. Uh, The annual player selection meeting as it was once called, is over. Remember when Roselle would call it that? 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. Player selection meeting. And that's what it was. It was just a bunch of <laughs> team representatives in a hotel ballroom and no Pete with a blackboard. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and Pete with a cigarette in his fingers, you know, yeah. announcing the picks. Yeah. And now yeah. look at the spectacle it was. I mean, when you watch that from Vegas, what, what was your thoughts overriding your brain? Because my thought kept coming back to, all these other sports must just bang their head gently into the table saying, how can we compete with this? No, they can't. The, the first draft I ever went to was in 1990, and it was at the Marriott Marquis. And I looked around the room, and I thought, wow, look at how big this is. You were and at now, the Marriott Marquis back in the day. Yeah, wow. yeah, 1990. That was the first one I went to, and then I went to a few more over the years. In fact, uh, if you look carefully – uh, when the Jets make the pick of a tight end, I can't remember what year, I think it was 93 or 94, you can see my WTEM microphone in there. They Get picked out. the tight end. I can't believe they picked that, the that, tight that, end. That, oh, that, my that, God. That. Six and ten. That's all they're going to be. Six and ten. That's it. <laughs> so the uh, so, so the Marion Marquis, it was a giant ballroom, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. It right. was one of their and, biggest ballrooms, I'm sure, with some of the divider walls pulled back to make it as big as possible but even still compared to today it's nothing yeah no they had they had a theater set up so that they did have some fans of teams mostly you know local fans jet fans giant fans i guess some came in from out of town but i mean when they took the wide shot and you saw the number of people standing there for hours and hours just waiting for about 30 seconds of euphoria when their right. team would make the pick. I mean, you, you got to say to yourself, wow, how did this happen? I, exactly. And and as I, I, I saw the crowd and I looked how far back it went from the stage and yeah. just how many people were still standing there in the hot desert sun wearing their expensive and heavy replica NFL jerseys. I'm like, this, this league is crack cocaine. The it zombies is. will line up, stand around, and do nothing but be props for the league, unpaid props. In fact, did they charge to let people in there? I, I assume not, but they're yes. only one or two more years away from it, basically. Well, yeah, I think though they, they, I mean, they have to make money on it somehow. Uh, yeah, there's got to be some, and and they use it to promote their various products. Um, they reward season ticket holders by allowing them to make the picks. It's 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 a very, you know, and, and when you stop and think how unknown these players are, oh, you know, it, it's crazy. Yeah, but the 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 real trick, and this is where the NFL's popularity lies, is that it allows the super fans to pretend they know which guys are going to be any good, and right. to write about, and to tweet about, and to post on social media about. They don't know. They'll never know, as Jim Mora Jr. once said, <laughs> or senior. <laughs> and, and you don't know, and you'll never know. Even well, and- even the pro scouts don't know. That's the thing, you know. The any the annual draft is essentially a bunch of football people making an educated guess, and then there is the media group that makes their own less educated guess. And the media judges the football people based on the difference in the two guesses. Well, and, and also the internet has really made 
people in our business dangerous. Uh, in that, oh, yes. oh I, I stayed up late and I watched film last night. Did you know what you were watching? No, right. he just watched all 22 and, and, and oh, his catch radius and his hands. How the hell do you know? The experts don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's funny how every pick and every team's strategy can be rationalized one way or the other to the point at which if you dare to speak negatively of a particular team's strategy to the fan base, they will attack you savagely <laughs> like how dare you imply my general manager screwed up in one way shape or another or or you have a fan base that's negative like generally jets fans and they never like the picks that are made but but the jets did great according to the pundits because well, they took players the media knows and yeah. they were players that in theory they need yeah, I suppose. Yeah, don't you? So. Didn't you see all the good grades for the Jets? Yeah, but, well, the grades are crazy. You know, the the grades. I, I and I love Mel, and that's his job is is to is to grade these players or grade the, the picks or whatever. But you know, what what did Tom Brady in the sixth round grade out as a pick in two thousand? <laughs> did, did, did anybody say A plus, Grand Slam, home run? Uh, no, definitely no. not. And no. and you're just not going to know what I what I find crazy. And th this underscores just what an utter crapshoot the draft is. This kid, Trayvon Walker, the first 1-1 first, no, pick, wasn't mm -hmm. even listed on the Vegas odds sheets until two months ago. They, like, he came out of nowhere as a one, as a first-round pick, much less the 1-1. One, one. So, right. so you're telling me that the collective wisdom of all the Kings scouts and all the Kings general managers didn't have him as the first pick in the draft back in December. And the answer is yes, that's the case. Nobody thought he was 1-1 in December. Suddenly he is. Why? I have no idea. No, and, and neither do the scouts or the general managers. It was like, ah, he's got great you know, measurables. And even though he doesn't have much track record at Georgia, we like his skill set. Let's take him number one. Yeah, well, this is this is one of the problems that, that Mel told me about years ago is the, the later and later they have the draft, the more and more time to overthink people, it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, at, at one time the NFL used to hold its draft in December because they wanted to beat the AFL to the punch. Now, once the merger happened in like 66, 67, oh. and they had the common draft, it was different, oh. but te teams were actually drafting before the end of the season. So <laughs> they would get them before the AFL could have a shot. Beat them to the punch. How funny yeah. is that? That's great. Yeah. So your commanders, Andy, who you Don't loved? You you loved. Uh, Andy sends me a video of this woman who goes up to make the fan pick <laughs> for the Commanders. Yeah. You're like, who is this trailer trash? And is this what we're reduced to? And I'm like, it is. That sadly, it is. This is what they do. They they throw a bone to the fans. So the Commanders trade down with the Saints from eleven mm -hmm. for extra picks. Were you a fan of that? I am. And then they take wide out Jahan Dotson from Penn State, which his name is a little bit uncomfortably close yes. to, to Josh Doxson, Josh Doc, Doxson with, a with a C out of, uh, uh, where did he come TCU. out of? TCU. TCU. And he was a complete bust and a mama's boy and soft and never made it as a wide receiver. 
How can a name trigger Commander fans so? Well, yeah, I mean, there, there is that. But I, I did a draft day or day after interview with Josh Doxson, and there was just something about him that said to me, I don't know, he's just sort of reticent. I mean, he he's, you know, Shy. you know, yeah, you don't really have to be T.O., but, you know, I, I watched most of Terry McLaurin's uh, Zoom news conferences, and he's tremendous. No, I mean, he's, he's amazing. Just, yeah. He's a, he's a mensch. <laughs> and from, from what I've seen from Josh Jahan Dachson, Jahan Dotson. Yeah, he, he seems similar. He seems like he's polished, got real command. Focused. Yeah. Yeah. So, take, yeah. Take command. <laughs> okay, I'll show myself out. Uh, 5'11, yeah. 182 out of Penn State. Little bit undersized. Uh, yeah. Well, if you can return punts and. You know, it, it, they when they this is another thing that happens in these drafts, and this is this is what Ron Rivera does. So Rivera, anything that happens is always compared to Carolina. That's it's always his frame of reference. So he dared to to compare him to both Deshaun Jackson and Steve Smith. If he's either one of those, that's a grand slam. Oh my right? God! Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. So then, so then the commanders take two Alabama players, which is That's never a, never a bad thing. One of them, Fidarian Mathis, P H, whatever, P H I D A R I A N. What on earth of a name is that, Fidarian? You say they call him know. Phil. Yeah, Phil. What's Fidarian? Is it Irish? Is it Scottish no Comanche? Where do you get a name like? Name. I don't know. Somebody somebody decided that was a good name for him. His parents, Gazunta Hay, said, fine, Fidarian. That's, that's so, his name. A couple of Bama players, I saw somebody clapped and chirped about, whoa, we're just going to take Bama players? And you're like, it's not a bad store to shop in. That's right. Although there was yeah. an Alabama linebacker who just never really got going for the Redskins. Do you remember who that guy was in recent oh, yeah, vintage? yeah, yeah. It's it's a ways back. It's five or six years ago. Yes, yes, I do remember. And, and he that. was a first round pick, and you're like, he's a first round Alabama prospect. He's got to be good, right? I don't think he was first round. I think he might have been he's third. second. Oh, might really? Third round. That yeah, far down. So. Okay. Anyway, yeah, yeah. but then but then in the fifth round, they take quarterback Sam Howell out of North mm-hmm. Carolina, who was a year ago plus two twenty five. So very low odds. Well, or or high odds to be the first overall pick in the draft. And he was available in the fifth round, Sam Howell. Yeah. And getting him to layer in a young guy behind Carson Wentz, who the team insists is not a bridge quarterback. He's really a bridge quarterback, if mm-hmm. you're, you're lucky. Uh, and he called it a home run pick. A home run pick. So you're telling me a quarterback who the entire league had passed on not once, not twice, not three times, not four times, a quarterback you passed on for a safety out of Louisville, that that's a home run selection in the fifth round. Yeah, safety out of Louisiana Lafayette, Percy Butler. Oh, yeah, sorry, not not Louisville, but uh, ULL, ULL. I, I, I just have a hard time not chortling laughing at hearing comments like that a home right. run pick he's in the fifth round 
Yeah. Well, he, he again, uh, was projected to go high. Now, they're making comparisons to Baker Mayfield, who seems to be on his way out of the league. Um, so I, I don't know, you know, and, he, and I heard Mel say he's six feet and he plays smaller. So <laughs> six I, one I two twenty. They say he won't be able to run in the pros like he ran in college. Right. But again, like, where is the excitement of drafting a quarterback in the fifth round and pretending like you got over on the league? The league said no thanks five rounds in a row. If he's if he's a starting quarterback for a playoff team in two years, it's a home run. If he's a backup in two years, how are we going to know? I yeah, I, I really. But now, my my point is, the Commanders themselves passed on him multiple rounds when right. they could have made him a third round pick or a fourth round pick. Right, but Rivera said going into the draft in the pre-draft news conference. I'm spending a lot of time on a particular quarterback who I have some interest in. And so then when he was taken, he was asked yesterday, well, was that the guy? And he gave it a wink like, yeah, <laughs> see what I did there. So, uh, and again, okay. it, it, it's another guy who's from where? Oh, he's from Carolina. Carolina. Of course. Where Ron so last you, was. Exactly. Yes. They, they trade he, with Carolina. They sign free agents from Carolina. They get right. coaches and GMs from Carolina. They got a trainer from Carolina who's now under investigation by oh. the DEA. Yes, that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. So uh, do you like the draft overall? For the, For the commanders? commanders? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think so. All yeah. Right. I, I mean, it, it, looks, it looks fine. I mean, assuming these guys are good, uh, they're very excited about a tight end named Cole Turner from Nevada. Uh, you know, on the film, he looks really good. He could be good or he could be nothing. You don't know. Andrew Brandt tweeted, every team's GM likes to say, I can't believe our guy was there when we picked him. Wouldn't it be great if a GM said, you know, we actually wanted a couple other guys, but this guy we took will do just fine. They never say that. Right. And, and uh, to the credit of most players, unlike the NBA, where they let it be known that they don't want to be taken by a particular team, most of the players, when they're taken, say, oh, well, this is where I wanted to wind up, including Sam Howe. But I'm sure he didn't want to wind up in the fifth round. Yeah. Well, it's a hell of a thing. It, it, it's one of the great marketing sort of tricks, mind tricks that the NFL does every springtime, pretty much in the middle of the long offseason swim from the Super Bowl until the start of the next season to keep people engaged. And I, I tip my cap to him, although at the same I time I, I laugh my ass off at the way some people get wrapped up in it. All you got to do is go back to last year's draft for a lot of teams and realize how little most of the picks actually played. Like the snap counts on even the top three picks you made are not very impactful most right. most of the time. And, and Trevor Lawrence, the generational quarterback, he may turn out to be but the first year was a washout with a Meshuggah coach and a bad organization. So yeah. we don't know. We just don't know. But, you know, you, you, you look back, 1980, Chet Simmons, president of newly formed ESPN, went to Pete Rozelle and said, we'd like to televise the draft. And Rozelle said, well, who the hell would watch it? And yeah. obviously people did. Right. Exactly. Just like uh, when they first started Sports Talk Radio all the time. In New mm-hmm. York City, you were part of it, WFAN. Yep. The critics yep. said, sports, radio, all day, all night. Ha! 
what are they going to talk about? <laughs> right. And uh, it, it got off to a rocky start. But, but uh, now it, we're, it, we're finding out now. A couple of other, uh, little things uh, that are interesting from the draft to me. One is the Vikings' new GM, this guy Adolfo Mensa. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he's not Mensa, or maybe he is. I don't know. He <laughs> traded with two division rivals on draft night, the Lions and the Packers, who got mm-hmm. wide receivers in return, Jamison Williams and Christian Watson. Is it wrong of him to do that, given that if those wide receivers are good and they're burning the Vikings' ass, everyone's going to say, well, if you hadn't traded with them, maybe they wouldn't have those guys? Or do you take the approach of, hey, it's value for a pick, and if they didn't go to us to get that, they'd go to the team behind us or the team after that? Yeah, I, I don't really think trading with a division rival is is that big of a deal. Do you? I don't. I no, don't I, I, I'm, I'm of two minds. On the one hand, you're right. If it's a player who you can uh, clearly identify is going to hurt you, like a wide receiver or running back, then yep. the fans will latch on to that. Like, so-and-so just scored a touchdown. But if it's a guard or a safety, no one's going to really give a shit that, yeah, that safety was acquired because – RGM traded within the division, but it's one of those taboo things. Like, oh no, you don't you don't let your your neighbor in your division borrow a, a cup of milk for a recipe. <laughs> How dare you? Close the door, lock the door, pretend like you're not home. <laughs> well, you can also get fleeced as uh, the then Redskins did in 1996 when they traded two second round picks to get into the last pick of the first round to take Andre Johnson a guard from Penn State who never played a down. Right. Complete bust. Yeah, Quese Adolfo Mensa is the gentleman's name. Uh, mm. And the first headline, first Google search under Vikings GM, Vikings general manager Quese Adolfo Mensa took some heat during the first two days of the NFL draft, not only trading down, but trading with NFC North rivals Detroit and Green Bay. So there you go on that. Also, did you see one of the funniest little uh, visual troll jobs? Troll job or visual gags, let me put it that way, that a group of guys pulled off. They assembled as a horde of roaming Ryan Fitzpatrick's. Oh, I did see that. Yes, I did. (laughs) There were like a dozen guys that all had Fitzpatrick replica jerseys for every team he's played for, and they just kind of ambled around like a gang of Fitzpatricks. I'm like, chef's kiss. Fantastic. See, the the, the amount of thought and time that goes into this is is incredible. The people care that much. Right, exactly. Uh, Then there's this tweet uh, from somebody asking my divorce lawyer whether I made out or my ex did in the settlement according to the Jimmy Johnson trade (laughs) value chart. Well, let's see. Jet ski is worth 1,000 points, but... <laughs> the vacation home is four thousand, so you're still a little bit in arrears on that. Right, right, oh right. All right. Well, uh, and so it goes. The next thing will be the hyperventilating about who looks good in minicamp when they're literally running around in shorts and nothing else. And a but there, there are stories though of of players who show up in minicamp and the veterans take one look and go, nope. Not going to make it. it really? They, oh, yeah. And are they usually right? Or Well, they, you know, one of Tony Kornheiser's favorite stories is attending minicamp in 1992 when they took Desmond Howard, traded two number ones to move up to the fourth spot to take him. And he walked off the field with Jeff Bostick 
And he said, well, what do you think of the rookie? Bostic said, can't play. Tony said, can't play now? He said, no, can't play in the league. <laughs> and why did he make that assessment? Uh, because of what actually Richie Pettibone do and some others is he couldn't get off the line of scrimmage. Now, he won an MVP in a Super Bowl as a punt returner, which right. is pretty much what he was. Right. But you don't, you don't trade up you know, to the fourth pick in the draft to take a punt returner. No, no, but somehow all the scouts did not, they were not able to suss that out, that he couldn't get off the line of scrimmage against NFL DBs that can jam and use their hands and recover really well, right? Well, but but if, if, if a GM falls in love with a guy, and Pettibone, the defensive coordinator, hated Charlie Casserly, the general manager, right. and he said to Charlie, he said, because Richie had coached in the senior bowl, and he said, Charlie, we locked him up with a safety. You shouldn't be able to do that with a Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver. And he said, Casserly just waved them off and right. went ahead and made the move. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's pivot here to another thing, which is the college football landscape in which the NIL Wild West Bonanza is apparently flying so fast and furious that there are prominent people speaking out against it, including the Nick Tater himself, who I think would benefit from a essentially a free agent pay-for-play college football landscape. But Aaron Taylor, remember Aaron Taylor, mm-hmm. former saw that. Yep. Notre Dame yeah. player? Here's what he had to say about it. Hey, college football, it's time to wake the fudge up. Empires don't stay empires forever. They crumble. From within, and almost always after great runs of dominance. We're at a tipping point, y'all. What's taking place right now behind the scenes in the NIL world is despicable. And it's dangerous and it's irresponsible. And this ain't about the kids getting theirs. Student athletes have always deserved a bigger piece of the pie. This is about the adults in the room. It's always been about the adults in the room, which is how we got the sham notion of amateurism in the first damn place. This is about the institutions and the donor bases and the development departments and the extremely successful men and women that make up that population. But this win by any means necessary mentality is a poison. Well, let me ask the question, Andy. Is he right? Yes, he is right. But, but. <laughs> there's, here's here's what well, first of all what has to happen. Uh, Mark Emmert, who said I'm going to stay another 14 months, somebody needs to go into his office today and clean and it out. Out, get out now, okay? That's and, not going to help then, things, by the way. No, but everyone but hates what, him. I I get that, and right. he's a dick and a and a sleaze ball. But this is beyond him at this point. Go ahead. Right. So so what they have to do is they have to set up a commissioner for college football, a commissioner for college basketball, and they got to run it like a pro entity right now because what? what, what? Yeah. How are you going to do that with 114 different D1 programs scattered across the country in different levels of leagues with wildly different athletic budgets? How? What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to have them register their NIL deals and have them monitored and have them overseen by each team. I mean, oh, really? otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, and, and, and then, have- and then what? So you're going to have a you're going to have a, a database 
of all these nil deals that really don't apply to name, image, or likeness. They're just payments coming mm-hmm. from companies affiliated with the schools to the players. Right. And and then and then, and I then think what, what you ha- we have to do, I think you have to sign these kids to contracts based oh on their God. NIL deals. So, I mean, but so then so okay, so you sign them to a contract, you make them play a minimum number of years. Yeah. And then I mean, can you can you can you it. then trade the players? Maybe, maybe it's going to come to that <laughs> because, because right now, you know, you you got a guy, first of all, when you're recruiting, okay, you cannot recruit a player now who you say, that's a developmental guy. I mean, he's going to sit for a year and I'm going to play him because after he sits for a year, he's going to go someplace else. Look at this kid, Ewald or Ewad, whatever his name is from Texas, yeah. who, who wanted to make money during his senior year of high school in right. Texas, but the state has a law that a high school kid can't have an NIL deal. So he says, fine. He goes to Ohio State where he plays two downs or yeah. something like that yeah. and, and signed a million-dollar NIL deal and then transferred. Uh, and spent what should have been his senior year on the Ohio State program and then said, okay, now I'm going to Texas and I'm taking my NIL deal with me where I'm going to get more NIL deals. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's the Wild West right now. I mean, but – the problem is you can't sift out of the soup genuine name, image, likeness, value, of which very little exists in college sports because these guys getting these nil deals, I haven't heard of them, you haven't heard of them, and I guarantee you the casual fan hasn't heard of them. Only guys deep on the Reddit threads of their favorite university's football team only they know about these kids. So they have no right. real name, image, or likeness value, but it's masquerading as a way to pay these guys under the table no from outside companies. Now, no some question. would say, some would say, as long as it's not coming out of university budgets, fine. Let the companies blow their money on these guys and make these schools that want to compete at the highest level line up their corporate ducks in a row. That's what they're gonna say. I'm gonna mm-hmm. say though. You don't think it's going to last that way forever, do you? Eventually, the money will start coming out of university coffers to pay for player X under the nil umbrella, and then then you're going to start draining the bank accounts of the of the athletic departments. Right? Yeah. No. It, it instead of see what Emmer did for years, instead of setting up something knowing this was coming. They spent millions of dollars Fighting. trying to battle this through the courts. They they and tried finally the, Yeah, they yeah, tried the court, to they then, tried to build a wall to keep right. it from collapsing, but a series of court cases did them in and the lawyers right. were relentless and maybe maybe their legal standing was always shaky to begin with. But when you say well Emmert should have been ahead of it and set something up, there's nothing he can set up. There's nothing anyone they, can set up. They, they instead of instead of saying that this is going to happen. How do we administrate this? They fought it, and then when they lost, they just threw okay. up their hands and they go, well, okay, right. go ahead. Right. You, you say, how do you administer it? You can't administer an orgy. You can't run around saying, <laughs> don't put your gerdangle in her kerflungle. Wait a minute. What are you doing over here? Hey, is somebody doing cocaine over here? What the hell? This is an orgy. You can't administer an orgy, and it's got to be an orgy for – as long as it takes to, I don't know what's going to calm it down. You might end up with know. contracts. You might end up with trades happening. But no. this is why those like me that said, once you go away from it being an amateur sport, good luck because no the way, money no way is going to gonna flow. 
no well, way to prevent. No way to broken. prevent. And, and, and what's going to have to happen is there's going to be five major conferences that are going to operate just like the NFL. Yes. And these other these other smaller schools and smaller conferences, they will serve as minor leagues. That if a guy is, is truly great at Kent State, right. okay, he can go to Ohio State right. and get paid and be a star. And the rest of them will play what used to be college football. And you know that, that and, and with the television contracts, the schools will make some money, and it'll work that way. But that's 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 the way it's going to have yeah. to work. And Van, Vanderbilt's not going to play Alabama or no. Florida anymore. They're going to play Middle Tennessee State and Bowling Green. Well, they're going to get kicked out because because what's happening is look look at when when Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC. What does that tell you? <laughs> I know, right? I know. Yeah. Well. I mean, college college sports are broken right now, and it's just a matter of time before, I don't know, somebody tries to reassemble them in a way. But I, I know this from, from Aaron Taylor's standpoint. He's right in that what's been declining along the way is attendance, actual yeah. physical attendance, even at the stalwart schools. The charm of college football that it used to be is eroding, and this is going to accelerate it. Because now but you're going to be going – They don't care that much. But, it, look at the NFL model. They're making so much money in television – that the that the ticket revenue becomes less relevant. Maybe so, but I'm telling you, a lot of uh, first of all, I'm not sure schools share ticket revenue. Do they? Yeah, maybe but, not. So, so I, I know this. Uh, you know, filling stadiums is important to universities. They budget on it, and they have had a a honeymoon of 20, 30 years. The big programs where they've just said, "Of course, we're going to sell out the season." Now they're like, "Shit, we're ten thousand shy every week. What's going on? How do we get these people back?" Right. So, yeah. Well, it, look, until 1984, there was only two football games on on a Saturday. Now there's a gazillion. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess you can't argue with progress, right? The culture mm-hmm. is always right, unfortunately, one way or the other. Can we get all the money? Can we get a big mazel mazel to the crab leg kid, Jameis Winston, who left Florida State for the NFL in 2015? Since then, he's been taking online classes to finish yep. his required coursework. And seven years later, he returned to Florida State. To get his college diploma. Good for him. Good for him. Yep. Good for him. What's he going to do with that diploma? I don't know, but at least he's got one. <laughs> Are you a big believer in having the diploma? Do you have yours? I do. I uh, I, I, I went to you know, went to school during the day and uh, worked at night for uh, three and a half years, and I got it done. Yeah, I well, had and, one. Andy went pro, everybody. You know that. He I left did. college early to go pro in radio. You left what, American University? American University in the middle of my sophomore year to go to Beaumont, Texas. And I finished school at Trinity University. I would go to school in the morning, sleep in the afternoon, work at night. And I did it. What would your dad say when you decided to turn pro? Uh, he said, you better finish college. So I said, <laughs> okay, I will. And what was the job you went for down there in uh, Beaumont, Texas? It was to do uh, morning and uh, an afternoon drive uh, sportscast, and I also did a lot of high school football games. Yeah, and do you remember what you got? Remember what you got paid? Yeah, 160 a week, and I got 25 dollars for each football game. I, I got a I got a two week check that was over 500 dollars. I thought I was rich. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and what car were you driving back then? Uh, 1971 Volkswagen Squareback. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god good times all right andy uh enjoy the rest of the week we will chat next monday all right Zig, take care there you go let's end on this you know we're lectured the public by some in the climate emergency sphere 
of belief that <laughs> you need to fly less. You need to drive a smaller car. You need to set your thermostat higher. We need to battle global warming. In fact, they're attacking cows. Cow farts. Methane is a problem, they say. Too many cows, too much meat consumption. You need to change your diet because we're fighting a global emergency. All righty then. How's this story for you? According to a story by Wired Magazine, Lufthansa Airline... Germany's national airline has finally admitted to running 21,000 empty flights this past winter using its own planes and those of its Belgian subsidiary, Brussels Airlines, in an attempt to keep hold of airport slots during the pandemic. Although anti-air travel campaigners believe ghost flights are a widespread issue that airlines don't publicly disclose, Lufthansa is so far the only one to go public about its own figures. In January, climate activist Greta Thunberg tweeted her disbelief over the scale of the issue. Unusually, she was joined by voices within the industry. One of them was Lufthansa's own chief executive, Karsten Spohr, who said the journeys were empty, unnecessary flights, just to secure our landing and takeoff rights. That is some fucked up shit right there. That they couldn't work out, okay, hey, there's a pandemic. Nobody's flying. Nobody's traveling. Instead of you wasting all this jet fuel to fly an empty plane from here to there, and it wasn't like they flew a couple hundred, 21,000 empty flights. And before you say, well, Zabe, it sounds like you're throwing in with Greta Thunberg here on this. I'm not throwing in with her. I'm just saying, remember, when the powers that be leverage government messaging and major corporate media to tut-tut us about our usage of precious fossil, fossil fuels and bad-for-the-environment activities, give them the big fungool. Why don't you stop flying 757s empty? just to keep landing spots at airports where you should be able to negotiate directly to go, listen, I know you're trying to make a living. You've got to pay for your airport, and we have a certain amount of slots to take off and land, but we're not flying anybody right now. So can we pay you directly, and we'll split the cost somehow? We don't really need to fly these planes, do we? I guess the answer was they did, and they got busted. All right, that is a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening. Spread the word, rate and review. It tickles the algorithmic overlords. Have yourself a great Monday as we are in the month of May now, and we will see you next time. Come on, come